Welcome to the Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me as always is Mr. Nick Hogel. Hey, how you doing out there, Scuba World? I'm glad you are tuning in. And producer Daniel is here, uh, of course. So <laughs> it means that uh, we're, we must be recording. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're recording. I try to avoid yeah, him yeah. at all costs. Well, hey, we're really happy you've chosen to pull up a chair at our table. We hope you take something away from today's show and from the discussion to follow. A podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. All right, Nick, for today's episode, we decided we want to have a little fun. We've, we've had some serious conversations in the past <laughs> and um, we've had some good debates and things. And I think we both were in the mood for a little fun and we want to laugh. Well, it's never really a debate because I'm always right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wanted to laugh. There you go. I'm laughing. You're perfect. <laughs> so today we are doing an episode completely dedicated to dive slang and we're calling this Dive Slang Volume 1, because we, we plan we had so much fun planning this episode that, <laughs> that I think we're going to do more of these. So I actually went to the old Merriam and Webster uh, to get the exact definition of slang. And there they define slang as, number one, a language peculiar to a particular group. <laughs> I think we can definitely say that's true about scuba slang. It is peculiar and to a particular group. And number two, they say it's an informal non-standard vocabulary composed typically of coinages, arbitrarily changed words, and extravagant, forced, or factitious figures of speech. So I think these are both true of scuba slang. And from day one, as a new open water diver, the, the first page you probably read in your open water <laughs> material, you are inundated with peculiar and particular language that is extravagant and forced in some ways with acronyms <laughs> and la 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 and so i think we should have a lot of fun with this and jump into some of our favorite slang terms words and phrases from the scuba world are you ready ready to jump into this let's uh let's back roll into this so yeah there is a lot of, See, there's there is a lot of right slang there. yeah <laughs> there is a lot of slang a lot of acronyms too would you consider acronyms slang i guess you could heck yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so they're um, jargon at, at the very <laughs> least but yes i think it's slang all right, all right do you you want you want me to start or you want to go first um I'll let you go, and then I'll, I'll try to see what I have up here in the Rolodex of slang terms. All right. I'm going to start with, I think, uh, my my favorite one, <laughs> which is which is a slang term, um, diving by Braille. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know this one all too well. So, so when we do this, we should, we should say what it is, define what it means, and then we have a discussion. So okay. diving by Braille means that the visibility is so bad – you have to just feel your way through your navigation. So <laughs> now what's funny about this to me is like, this is sadly true to, for us sometimes yes. on our diving. Like, like we are literally diving by Braille yeah. because you can't see. And usually it's because of there's other slang words for the folks that are in the water. But whenever there are classes in the water that just churn up all the silt on the bottom of the lake, the all farmers of, sudden, of windy yeah, point. Yeah. We, we are now diving by Braille. So I, I think that was 
a fun one like you know to start the show oh, off with yeah. was like when you when someone says yeah i've been diving by braille for the last three dives <laughs> now you know they're using slang to say like my visibility is so bad i just am pulling myself from one brown rock to the next yeah. brown rock and it's it's funny too so i do quite a bit of work um in lake travis uh, i work for or, or i was working for a dock company um, and then the, the podcast just took off and I just been riding this gravy train for a while now. Um, but no, so I, I know, right. <laughs> You're getting paid for this. Uh, but, um, so in, in doing that work, uh, we are diving quite a bit. And if you're a working diver, not a recreational diver or a, you know, whatever type of diver, if you're a working diver working in the water, a lot of times you don't even wear a fin. So we're planted on the bottom. So just imagine being planted on the bottom of Lake Travis, wherever that may be, and you have to work on stuff. Literally, I would close my eyes because there's no point to even open them because all the silt is getting kicked up. I'm, I'm pulling cable up. I'm doing whatever. And you're just feeling like, okay, I need to undo this shackle. I need to keep this rope on. I need to do all this stuff. And you're just feeling. And it gets to the point where, like, we've all – hopefully we've all not been there, but definitely people have been there where you, like – put your computer pretty much touching your mask and you're trying to just rotate it around just enough to be like, okay, I'm good. All right. Let me check my SPG. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> and you're like literally maybe shining, trying to figure out shining the light in the right direction. Um, just trying to figure it out. Oh man, diving by bro. But we would joke around all the time. Um, and actually I got really comfortable to the point where I'm like, man, I'm just going to close my eyes. Cause there's literally no point in opening. Right now. <laughs> let me just practice right Right now. Does that make you multilingual if you I die know, by right? Braille? I'm a scuba multilingual? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right. So next term. So I do – it's funny. There's this little list that I found on uh, the, the World Wide Web. Is that what we call it these days? Um, and The, the intrawebs. The intrawebs. There we go. Um, it's a great place. It's a great place if you haven't uh, – if you haven't seen it, maybe you're listening to us right now on the World Wide Web. Who knows? Um, but let's go. Let's find some other ones. Uh, have you ever heard of the term a Hoover? Yeah. <laughs> have you, have yes. you ever heard of that yes. term? You know who you are if you are out there. Um, but a person that just goes through an ungodly amount of air very quickly. I um, I I was diving with an individual literally uh a few days ago and i mean we are 10 minutes into the dive and he's tapping on his spg and i'm like what's going on and 500 psi i was like there's got to be a leak somewhere so i check his gear when we get out and no he's just <sighs> did he start with three th i mean did you 2800 2800 oh, yeah well, and well so the, what I'm attributing that to is there was some surface skills. There was a little bit of surge. I tell people, and you should, if you're on the surface, snorkel isn't working out for you. Um, keep the regulator in and breathe. And I, I, I was like, you know, people will uh, just surprise me that I'm like, dude, really? And we might have been more like 15 minutes into a dive. But still, it was very – I mean, I think I was at like – I'll go through a little bit of air, and I was probably at like – 25 2600 and i was wow. like dude are you kidding me right now but just you know the hoovers of the world out there i'm not talking about vacuum cleaners or am i <laughs> yeah well that's funny be, be funny you mentioned that because the first time i ever heard the term hoover it was not in the scuba you know context i was Presidents? actually no, yeah, yeah president hoover yes <laughs> which number was he 
I don't know. Oh. Is this a history question? Oh, we'll, what? what we'll, you know? we'll give you a free high five if you know the number that Hoover was. Do yeah, you know I, what it is? I do, but I'm not going to What years? No. I don't know the years. Uh, but the story was I Learning was actually in London, and this guy was talking about the this train that went from London to a suburb, and, and he said he doesn't take that particular time at the train because – he doesn't want to ride with the gray suited mood hoovers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did you just say? Like he's a like, gray suited mood hoovers. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. And basically what he was saying was he was saying all the bankers get on the train at that point <laughs> and they all wear the same gray suit and they suck your moods. And I was like, Hoover, Oh, the vacuum cleaner. I got it. <laughs> now I understand. It was so confusing to me at the time. So yes, Hoover's, you know, people that drain a tank, uh, within 10 minutes. Uh, yes, you you might be, uh, a Hoover. If that's you, please try to get better. Go, go take some yoga or something. Just get, <laughs> get better. But it's, uh, it's not good for you. And if you are, just make sure you're checking your SPG. Or your transmitter, if that's what you're into. If you know your transmitter, there you go. Okay, I, here's another one. Um, maybe we're picking on some some newbies here, but uh, I like this one um, called an egg beater. Okay. <laughs> so an egg beater is someone we're out of the is, kitchen, right? <laughs> who is way overweighted and has to kick while swimming vertically in order just to stay off the bottom. So. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just imagine. I mean, I've seen this a thousand, but just now that I have that image of an egg beater in my head, like, you know, just churning, 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 churning the water because they're just trying to oh, not crash man. into the bottom and they're completely vertical. So <laughs> if you see these people in the water, there goes another egg beater. <laughs> okay. right. um, so this one, this one's going to open it up a little bit. Um, but uh, so. And I'll, I'll read the definition as I see it, but um, they you they call themselves, or some people would call them, uh, in stroke doors, <laughs> <laughs> and that is a uh, instructor who perpetuates strokery, which we will go into. I'm assuming right after this, <laughs> uh, strokery by instilling in students his own defective attitudes and techniques. Um, so, uh, we'll jump on that. Like, I guess you want to, should we explain what uh strokery or stroke, whatever? Yes, what, yeah. I mean, yeah. they go hand in hand. Yeah. They, we, we I sh probably should have started with stroke and then went into instruct, but you were picking on the newbies. I wanted to pick on the instructor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So stroke is, <laughs> um, a person who just has a lot of issues. Underwater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who needs therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's why I thought I got into diving. It was my form of therapy, yeah. but I needed that's more. That's why you get afterwards. a psych degree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the it's funny. I go to strokery. It says the practices of a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Not a circular definition anyway. So, so there is. Uh, we have three different definitions for stroke. Um, a diver who's so clueless that he or she is a danger to him or herself and anyone nearby. Often considered an accident looking for a place to happen. <laughs> um, could be quite dangerous. Uh, definition number two. Diver who refuses to learn even when shown a better way. You know who you are out there. You know who you are. No, th now th to be fair with that term, it's not necessarily just referring to like, a newbie. There are strokes out there that oh, yeah. are 500 dives in. Instructors. Like, yeah, instructors, <laughs> exactly, who are, who are you know, oh, this is the only way to yeah. do something, blah, blah, blah. So we're not picking on just newbies yeah. here. It's 
it's, it's not a nice term. It's, no, it's not. Nice and then uh, the definition number three, which is funny, we'll go into this here in a second. Uh, but favorite insult of Hogarthian divers at the WKPP. Um, and if you don't know what the WKPP are, they are a group of divers who um, are cave explorers out of Florida, correct? Is that what it is? Yes. Um, but a really good group. Uh, I want to say they, they kind of brought the, the DIR game into the mix of the diving world, which if you don't know what, we're just going off yeah, on see, all this. Yeah, see, there's even more. more DIR is doing it right, um, so that's a term that people like to use. Um, then that's the correct method to dive, I guess. Or yeah, well, they, the, the, the divers in that team, a lot of the procedures they invented became dir standards yeah yeah that's kind of Um, how it went and the wkpp is the woodsville karst plains project if you don't know who or what they are definitely give them a google search and uh they have i still believe to this day they hold very impressive records for cave exploration and and all that sort of stuff so what else we got here stroke stroke and strokery and instructor there we go we got them all all right well maybe maybe uh going along that strokery <laughs> line here. One of the terms that you'll hear, I mean, almost immediately when you get involved in diving is the term BCD. And I know you might think this is not slang. This is weird. But the slang term that people use here is they say that your BCD, and I hear instructors all the time say this, which which I don't, I'm not that guy who goes around like, well, actually, <laughs> let me correct you. I'll be that guy. Like you be, but they say BCD means buoyancy control device. I, and you hear that all the time. That's not what BCD stands for. BCD is actually buoyancy compensation device. So the slang of BCD, a lot of people say, oh, it's a buoyancy control device. No, it's not. It's a buoyancy compensation device. What are you compensating for? Well, in, in your BCD, you carry the weight of the gas. So... If you didn't know this or you hadn't thought about it before, uh, when you get into you know the water with a full cylinder of, of air or whatever gas you're diving, the gas in that cylinder has weight, right? It actually has weight. Uh, aluminum 80 at 300 or 3,000 3, 3, PSI, 3,000 <laughs> PSI uh, weighs, the gas weighs about five to six pounds, somewhere in that range. So your BCD, your buoyancy compensation device, is actually offsetting the weight of that gas so that you can become neutrally buoyant in the water. So this is a little a little one that I, that picks at me that's slang that people are like, oh yeah, my buoyancy control device. No, like it's not, you don't control your, you control your buoyancy with your lungs. You compensate for the weight of the gas with your buoyancy compensation device. Uh, for all of you that don't know out there, me and producer Daniel actually chipped in and got Jay a brand new soapbox. Um, so... <laughs> That's why no, I'm I'm totally kidding. Um, so for all of you that but I'm actually, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for all of you that uh, don't know out there, um, scuba is actually an acronym uh, for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. So um, that's why I wasn't quite sure. Is that necessarily slang or I mean, it is an acronym, is but slang. I guess that is. I guess it's that... peculiar to a particular <laughs> group. There are some peculiar, peculiar individuals. Sure. All right, here's another one. Um, the... <laughs> I can't even say this one without laughing out loud. I love this one. So the 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 slang term teabagging. <laughs> no, in scuba it means something different. D- you dirty-minded people out there, 
that's not what it means in scuba. And there was also kind of a whole thing around video games with teabagging. I don't know if you ever, you know, yeah. they, they called it poning somebody. I think maybe we have to, we've now we now earned our explicit rating today. I think I think I've seen the jackass videos where they teabag. Yeah, yeah. So that that's not what it means in diving, but uh, but yes, there are lots of other slang terms for teabagging. But uh, teabagging in diving really means. Doing kind of a 15 foot dive for 15 minutes and just coming oh, back yeah. up and then doing it again. And you're just like trying to rack up dives on your computer for some reason. I'm or... at 500 dives at 80 minutes total. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're a teabagger. If you're, if you're doing that just to build up, the, I don't know uh, why. I guess there are some, you know, certifications that require a certain number of dives. So, you know, different standards, you know, 20 feet for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes. So maybe that's why people are doing that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not a way to build your logbook. Yeah. That's not gaining the experience. And so I, the, my only, um, thing that I have to say towards that or against that actually is, um, going back to where I was talking about working at the dock company doing stuff on Lake Travis, uh, when we, would have to get into the water for dive time. Um, basically, like if I put my dive gear in, I'm char or put my dive gear on, I'm charging my boss for dive time. <laughs> so I, I would do that that ten minute dive just to, just so I could say, oh yeah, you're, I'm getting that extra money. Billable hours. <laughs> oh my goodness. My yeah. my one buddy, uh, he was a commercial diver, and he's like, man, if I put my dive gear on, he's like, I've walked out into literally just knee deep mud to do something with my full dive gear on. You know, I'm charging my boss. Like, so dive time. You, you do realize what you just admitted you know here that publicly. i'm a teabagger no that, that you're a professional teabagger <laughs> hey i gotta get paid one way or another right <laughs> so if you're looking for the certification in professional teabagging nick's your man i'm actually gonna write a distinctive specialty just for that um which that's another funny thing but we'll not go we're not gonna go into that right now um so a lot of us out there uh, might have heard the term Dan. I'm not talking about my uncle or my buddy. Um, Dan is actually a Divers Alert Network, which if you do not know who Dan is, like I said, not my uncle, not my buddy, um, very good to know, very good source of information, great website, great uh, organization. So uh do your research, go out there, check out DAN, Divers Alert Network. Um, more another acronym as opposed to slang, but you will hear people speak of DAN quite a bit. Yeah, DAN, Dan I will echo you 100%. Go out and research it if you don't know what it is. If you do, I highly recommend. And one of the cool things about DAN that you might not know, if you, if you do know what DAN is but you might not know, is they offer a lot of – e-learning resources on their website for free they do yes so i mean i i remember when i found that i was just like wow and i, and I w did a course i think really early on in, in diving on bear traumas uh, which you know, oh, okay. issues. Yeah. and um it was so well done and in depth it was amazing so uh, in all honesty here to be what is it transparent um i am a, a will or will be shortly a dan first aid instructor and o2 provider instructor but uh, regardless of that, my love affair with Dan started way before I decided to become an instructor for them. Yes. And, um, I'm hoping at one point, uh, a gentleman who I used to work with at the dive shop who I, where I used to work named um, Dan. No, his name's not Dan. Actually. His <laughs> name is Gabe. Hey, what's up, Gabe? Um, but he actually has interned at Dan. Uh, he interned last summer. I 
can't remember. I think it was last summer, and he's going back to um, actually work with them and actually be paid, I believe, this time. Um, so I'm hoping that we can have him at some point on the show uh, just so he can tell us a little bit more about Dan because um, – Definitely, it is a very, very good resource for any diver out there. Um, okay, so another term you might hear out there, um, I don't know if this is necessarily slang, but you might hear someone say that they're diving dry. Um, what that is is a dry suit. So uh, they actually are staying dry. I actually like to throw it out there and say, have you ever seen that James Bond movie where he comes up out of the water? I think there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie to True Lies. <laughs> he comes up out of the water, you know, in his scuba gear, and then he, like, takes off the suit, and, he, and, and he's in the tuxedo, and it's all dry, and then he enters the party. Um, those actually do exist. You can dive dry. This time of year, most of us are diving dry because <laughs> it does get quite cold. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, if you ever heard that term, just you're like, what, diving dry? But aren't we in the water? <laughs> do you get, like, medallions? I've been dry for so long. <laughs> we should. We should. This is your 10th. Tenth- dry dive here's your medallion uh hi hi my name is jay i'm a i dive dry yeah is that, is that the no i'm I sorry i'm not making fun of people that have gone through that program but it's, <laughs> it would be funny uh, or well, hold on, real quick um another term for a dry suit is called a fart bag <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna smell quite ripe afterwards oh man yeah well yeah, it also could be a, a large colostomy bag, is that what it is? <laughs> depending on uh, what happens. So I have a bad story about this, and I might, I don't know if I've admitted this before, but I'll admit it Ooh. publicly. Since you just admitted that you're <laughs> a professional teabagger, I, I, I think I owe you something here. So Getting I, down I, to the truth with dive I installed table. a P-valve on my dry suit, which a P-valve, again, is another <laughs> term here that maybe people don't, Where are we going don't know. Where going going But P-valve essentially allows you to go pee, right, if you need to pee in, in while you're diving. Because remember, a dry suit seals you off from water. So Saturates in a wetsuit, you. You, you know, you, what's the whole joke? You know, if you there are two types of divers. Uh, you know, one, The ones who uh, pee in their wetsuits and the ones who lie about yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're in a wetsuit, you just you can pee. You're in a dry suit and you have to pee, which is a common occurrence. <laughs> um, Wait, what? You can't do it. Unless Even on the install, surface, you can pee on the surface. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless you install P-valve. So I installed my own P-valve. It was somewhat nerve-wracking, cutting a hole in my dry suit at first. But it's all good. It was working fine. Went out for you know a dive with that uh, P-valve for my first dive and was like, you know, whatever, 40 minutes into the dive, I was like, oh, I, I kind of, you know, nature's <laughs> calling. So and usually you panic at that point in your dry suit because you're like, ah, how far are we from the end of the dive? Like, I, you know. Um, you know, have they have they taught a fin technique for crossing your legs and hold it and still get back to the, to the upline? Uh, but I had to go, and I'm like, oh yeah, I had a big smile. Like I installed a P-valve, I'm good to go. So I uh, what's the term? Relieved myself uh, and and was very happy about it. And a few seconds later, my little brain goes, uh, that something doesn't feel right there. Like oh no, oh no no no, I have the P-valve, I'm good. Got back up to the surface, you know, I'm halfway, like I'm 50% convinced that maybe <laughs> I peed myself and 50% convinced that no, it's just a psychological trick. Well, if you open up your dry suit after uh, a dive and, and you'll know within a few yeah. seconds <laughs> and I knew within a few seconds, oh no, like what happened? So I learned a very valuable lesson about P-valves that day, which is 
you can cut a hole in your dry suit, install it, seal it, test it, uh, have it all set up correctly, do the whole thing, um, and not open the valve before you dive. That's so oh. part of my pre-dive check now is, is is your P-valve open or not? Oh, so man. mine was not. Uh, and so I had a stinky dry suit. That's funny. That is uh, that is a no bueno situation. By the way, the, the remedy there, you can soak your suit afterwards and in lots of different there's thing i think sink the stink is one that's of them that's one of out them, there yeah. and, but really it's something that's non-alcoholic yeah uh, that's not going to degrade the 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 materials of the wetsuit and just soak it for big one um a lot of people use that simple green simple yeah, green simple yeah, green is good too, stuff exactly. that's just an amazing product in general um yeah, yeah. my turn or yours on the slang uh, my turn okay right. my turn right. my turn i don't know my turn <laughs> well going back to dan and <laughs> <laughs> all these things not our um, uncle <laughs> so one of my phrases i, I like is um an incident pit so someone <laughs> might say something like you know they, they went down an incident pit or it became an incident pit what that means is it's a series of events which individually would not have been dangerous but each one causes a problem which is increased by the next until you have a major incident another way to think about this is kind of the ripple effect incidents like kind of what we think about or the way i think about it is you know, an emergency is really the at the end of an equal sign of a bunch of other incidents. So yes. we have a rule on in our teams that, you know, um, three incidents, a small, small incidents on a dive, which might be something like, you know, navigation malfunction or or something like that, a light malfunction. Three incidents, you thumb the dive or one emergency, you thumb the dive. Is that three incidents? Per individual, so a total No, of, per team. Okay. So, so, you know, we we actually had a dive where we had this occur to us where, um, you know, we had three minor incidents all within like a 10-minute span of each other, but it was three different. And it was little things. It was like I think one was a light failure. One was a little bit bigger. Someone I think didn't know at the time that they had experienced vertigo. It was a, a cold, really cold late night dive for some reason. And then we had a um, oh I had a compass navigation failure. I had I was using a digital compass, which uh, I don't recommend yeah. at all anymore. I was trying it because I'm like, no, yeah. I'm convinced I can get this thing to work because I I had issues before, and basically no matter what which way I, I was you know pointing my yeah. body, I was going north. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, like and in murky cold dark <laughs> water, that's that's a little scary. I'll be honest, it's a little yeah. scary because you're like. There are no environmental navigation cues anywhere. And so we had those three things and we thumbed the dive. And on the way up, someone else had another issue. It was like Oof. one of those dives and it was like a 15-minute dive. It will happen. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Well, yeah. well, it's crazy about that is we thumbed it. You know, we got back to surface safely. Everyone was fine. Everyone's, you know, ah, no, 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 that dive, blah, blah, blah. We went back in, uh, you know, an hour later. And we had an amazing, you know, hour and a half dive, no incidents whatsoever. It was an incredible dive. So, incident pit, uh, definitely a series of events, usually preventable. But if you enter an incident pit, that's where danger can really happen. Yes, and that is not a good situation to put yourself in. Um, I want to jump back. Uh, I want to jump back just a little bit because I we mentioned it, but you were probably like, "What? What are they talking about?" But uh, I think we we did mention Hogarthian, correct? Yeah, Hogarthian. Um, so uh, Hogarthian um, are the principles behind the Hogarthian system, named for William Hogarth Maine, originated for cave diving, but now adopted more widely um, throughout the diving world. It's just the kind of the the DIR type term we were talking about, just a certain way of diving. Um, and uh, 
Yeah. So uh, I guess I'm st- I'm I'm with the morbid theme today a little bit <laughs> right now in this moment of like I'm trying emergencies to keep it mellow, okay? and accidents. Uh, but here's uh, you know one of one of the ones for me um, that I like. Well, it's contentious. We'll put it that way. I don't know if I like it. So I'm going to contract that statement that I like it and just say it's contentious. But have you ever heard the term spare death or SD? I'm diving with my SD today. <laughs> or you, actually, you would never say I'm diving. You would say he's diving with an SD. Do you know what that means? We're talking about SD cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Backup SD cards. So yeah, spare, spare death or SD. It's an insult on the brand name spare air which if you don't know what spare air is it's a quote unquote bottle of air and it really is too small to get you to the like surface in any real oh yeah it's, yeah it's like three breaths yeah if you do the math it's like and they sell different sizes yeah and the, the problem is i think that a lot of divers have with it or i don't even say serious divers but a lot of divers have with it is that they market it as a life-saving thing and it's you know Okay, yeah, if you're diving at 10 feet and you run out of air, you, yeah, maybe it saves your life. But for the most part, if someone's on a dive, even at 30 feet or 40 feet or 50 feet, and they've strapped on spare air and believed that marketing message that this is there, something goes wrong, this will bail me out. That's where people really start to pick on spare air is to say, yeah, um, it is not, it is not intended for that. So if you're, if, if you believe that message, like just do the math yourself. Don't believe Nick and I, just do the math yourself. And you'll figure out just how many breaths you're going to get out of that <laughs> tank. And you'll realize very quickly, oh, this maybe isn't a great piece of equipment. To I um, I do. There is. I do have a little quarrel to pick with because uh, I was doing something online the other day on that World Wide Web. And I actually came across an article that was it was something like, you know, the, the five must haves for scuba divers or whatnot. And I felt like this was like a pretty... Um, well-known facilitator of articles concerning scuba diving. (laughs) And I was like, man, why would they ever put that on there? Because I think it's like more of a gimmick, like if you're in a pool and you want to swim around and try it out. But I I definitely don't recommend bringing that out into any real-world diving situation. Yeah, not open. open. I I think there's a a usage for like maybe aquarium. No, exactly, Like an aquarium. Backup, but like, real world diving, yeah. Don't don't bring that as your as your backup, your pony bottle. Which yeah. going to what a pony bottle is? That's basically your your uh, redundant air source that you need um, if you're doing some longer dives. But getting away from that, because um, let's let's bring it to a lighter note. Um, <laughs> uh, so you'll you'll hear a couple things: um, hang or a hang bar, hang line, hang tank. So. Uh, when somebody is hanging, uh, they're performing a decompression stop. So a hang bar, um, that's not the bar down on 6th Street in, in <laughs> Austin, um, although there should be one. Um, that's a, a bar slung underneath a boat for convenience during decompression stops because, um, you know, especially if there's a lot of surge you don't, or not surge, or just you know, uh, current. uh, current. There we go. You don't want to go from 15 feet to five feet to 25 feet. Um, so there'll be a bar set there. But depending on how much uh, uh, top surge or, or swells there are, that could get you know messed around with a little bit. Um, hang tank, same thing. You're just basically putting a tank for your deco stop. Um, it could be any sort of mix or whatnot. Um, 
hang line basically so that the those terms are kind of a little bit back and forth the hang the hang bar the hang line the hang tank yeah and you can hang a lo- hang a hang line from a hang bar that holds a hang tank yeah with your spare air <laughs> and with say, the spare air is all stretched out across them <laughs> say that 10 times fast right yeah exactly all right well along that air or along the the airlines another one for me is um a phrase you definitely have heard. I think you've maybe even mentioned in this one octopus or octo, <laughs> which is, yes, also refers to seeing an octopus in the water, which is cool, especially some Pacific Northwest diving. There's yeah, some great octopus. I would love to go out there. But what it refers to for most people in, in diving is the alternate second stage in a common kind of recreational kit configuration. But I found it really interesting. Where in the heck did that term come from? And so in, in the 70s, if you kind of look back at scuba history, uh, in the 70s, only the instructor had an octopus, which is really interesting because they would have it in case they needed to share air with a student. That makes sense, right? Yeah. And then during training, it was always called the left-handed octopus um, because, of course, you would grab it with your left hand. Um, so, And it was on the left side. So kind of interesting. That's where it came from. Some have said that Hal Watts, who is the founder of Professional Scuba Association International, PSAI, some say that he's credited for coining the term octopus, um, you know, in, around that stuff. He, he also has been credited with that famous phrase that everyone kind of knows, which is plan your dive, dive your plan. Um, and PS, PSAI was first founded in 1962 as Florida Diver Supply. So again, we're, I guess we're giving a lot of love to Florida, but there's a lot of love there to There is a lot of love Florida. Florida. So anyway, octopus is always one of those interesting ones to me that when you you know first hear it, you're like, what? Why, does, why is it given that name? There isn't a definitive story out there. I couldn't find one at least that says, this is why it's called that. Some people said it's because it looked like there's so many, you know, now, um, you know, hoses that you look like an octopus. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not, but, uh, but there isn't a definitive answer as to where it came from. Yeah. And, uh, I always try to not use the term octo. I'll always say alternate air source, but I do say octo. You, you say bad. spare air. Is that yeah, what you, like, is that your sure spare air? <laughs> um, so, uh, and so this is a, this is a funny one. So when we say shoot a bag, I mean, I know we're from Texas. We're not whipping out our guns and just shooting bags. Although we might, you never know. <laughs> actually, you know what's crazy? <laughs> I actually saw on Instagram these guys. I don't know what, what their deal was. I, I was so blown away when I, I turned it off uh, and I didn't follow up. But they were like doing gun and knife fights as scuba divers under the water, like fighting each other. And like pretending to stab each other and shoot each other <laughs> under the water, so like it's like what is going on? So sorry to interrupt your your oh, shooting a bag thing, but but yeah, they literally I don't know if it was a real gun. It looked like a real gun and real knives, but they were, I mean it was crazy. It was like a series That's, of four or I five. Am very intrigued. Crazy. I need to find that. <laughs> um, but when we talk about shooting a bag, uh, we're basically sending up a lift bag with a line attached for. Um, various reasons, you know, you could be shooting up your DSMB, uh, you could be doing it for a deco stop. Um, maybe you're picking up something off the bottom, but we're not talking about actually getting guns out. Um, the only time I've seen the, the gun thing underwater is it's actually, uh, a hand signal that I've seen people use, um, for, uh, exit this way. No, well, not not necessarily exit this way, but if you ever see a trigger fish underwater, oh. um, you pull the trigger, trigger fish. So, um, which trigger fish, my one of my absolute 
Favorite fish in the world to see is a red tooth trigger fish. I just think they look absolutely amazing underwater. Um, and another uh, funny story is um, people are terrified of sharks. People are like, oh, you talk to people and they're getting into, oh, I would never, I would never go in the water because of a shark. One, I want to see as many sharks as possible. But I am actually uh, more terrified of a Titan trigger fish than any shark that I've ever seen because I've actually seen them attack people. I mean, if you don't know what a Titan triggerfish is, go out and Google one. They have massive teeth, and I've seen one. Um, I, ha I wasn't on the dive, but one of them attacked d the dive master because they can get quite aggressive, and uh, she said it felt like someone dropped an anchor on her head. That's how much force they come in when they attack you. Bitter on her head. Bitter on her head. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's insane. Like the, the trigger fish. So, um, but yeah, it's the only time I've seen the gun symbol. I haven't seen the Instagram video that Jay speak is speaking. Of, well, the, I want yeah, to. I, want to. The, I mean, and also just to be clear, if you, if you do make the gun signal, under the under the water it looks like a gun right your yeah thumb is up and your your yeah. index fingers pointing that that is a signal it's old cave signal for exit this way so oh it's, okay it's you know thumb the dive we're going to exit and direction this okay. way. right yeah so um, that's a shorthand uh hand signal for that anyway um all right maybe do let's do a couple more so <laughs> here's one that i felt really stupid i didn't know the meaning of back in the day was i was on a dive boat and uh the captain you know, says we, we get to this location, that location, and the captain says, um, all right, you know, everybody, you know, have a great time, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all right, the pool's open. And I was like, and there were snorkelers on the boat as well. And I was like, <laughs> does he mean like the sno snorkelers? He's like, There's where's the pool? pool? Like, Is there a pool on the put, second like, deck? <laughs> buoys, you know, a net buoy around so that the snorkelers stay within. Like, what does he mean? And I, and I just kind of assumed, okay, maybe he means the water uh you know that we can go in so yes in case you're you know dumb like me if someone says the pool or the pool is open or refers to something as the pool they're not referring just to an actual physical <laughs> pool with chlorinated water it's any body of water you're about to dive in whether it's gulf lake pacific ocean the puddle in your backyard the pool's open <laughs> I thought there was a pool on the second deck. Oh, I didn't a, know what the heck you were saying. I just felt like um, so this is a play on uh, some words right here. <clears throat> I always find these ones quite funny. Uh, it's referring to an acronym. Um, and I have a slight suspicion that most of all of you have heard what the acronym is. But I'm not going to say what the acronym is. I'm going to let you guess what it is. Um, but we've all heard the put another dollar in. We've all heard the produce another dumb instructor. Patty. The <laughs> I'll say it. The patch and dollar industry. The pissed <laughs> off another dive instructor. Um, I, I think it's quite funny. I do Put like Put another to... dumbass instructor <laughs> out there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's quite funny. I think there are uh, some funny acronyms to get out there. Hey, if you can't laugh at yourself out there, then <laughs> what, what else can you laugh at, right? We are uh, – we – we are going to have a good follow-up on jokes, which I think is some, there's some funny jokes out there. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to do a volume two of jokes for sure. So uh, another one here, InstaBuddy. Ah, my favorite one. That's my favorite <laughs> Valentine. Will you be my InstaBuddy? <laughs> or what it means, getting paired up with a stranger. So you're on a dive boat, and they say, okay, you know, captain points at you or whatever, the dive pro points at you and says, 
you and you, you're going to be buddies. And like, okay, now we're Insta buddies. Great, right? So that's both can be an exhilarating and terrifying moment in your it life. It is, yes. I guess it depends on where you are in your diving, uh, <laughs> where you are in your yeah, diving. Whenever I'm on a boat, I'm always like, okay, which who here has you know completed their rescue? <laughs> who here is wearing this their spare air? I'm definitely not sitting next to that guy. Like, get get me away! Like, who here is uh, has their Bowie knife strapped to their ankle? Like, nope, nope, don't sit anywhere close to him. I might get paired with him. <laughs> um. Let's see. Oh, uh, another term you might hear out there. It's actually quite funny because it's it gets, it sounds kind of dirty, but it's not. Um, but if somebody ever asks you what's your sack rate, <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter. Okay. Uh, but it's actually surface air consumption. Um, and it's basically uh, how much air you use um, per minute, almost correct. Not necessarily per minute, but uh, your, your – um, uh, the definition's kind of getting away from me right now, but uh, it's it goes into your your uh, gas planning. Yeah, well, um, it is how much, how many? So it can be calculated in different. Yes, that's yes, that's the problem. It can be a psi. Usually, uh, at least in the imperial system, it's usually in cubic feet per, yes, per minute. Yes. But in the metric system, it's usually liters per minute. Other people can calculate it on psi, which is just taking those things and translating it to psi. Um, but yeah, that's the confusing part. Is it is it is how much air you're consuming right yeah. uh, and it's the calculation is really easy um but well actually it's not really easy but it's easy it can be easy yeah and basically what it's telling you is that you uh how much air you're breathing averages out there say at rest our resting sac rate you might hear that term is about 0.5 cubic liters of air per minute are working which means if you're swimming or or something like that task loading working uh, sac rate is about 0.75 cubic feet per minute. And then our stress, uh, you know, breathing, our stress sac rate becomes about a liter per minute. So imagine, you know, if you've got 80 minutes of, you know, stress in an 80 liter tank, that's how you use that for gas. Money. And that will be different for everybody. Those aren't exactly. exact numbers. So you, to figure that out, you have to go out there and um, <clears throat> get that figured out for yourself because use the transmitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were gonna plug that. <laughs> well, you know why I'm more of a fan of transmitters than SPGs. They're much more accurate. Mm. So you, they go right down to the single digit psi, uh, and there's less failure points. You in know them that too. episode's coming. To, <laughs> to transmit or not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, you might hear the term uh, blue water. Uh, here in Travis, we like to say we're going to go dive that green water, but no, uh, <laughs> the blue water is just usually referred to most likely the ocean, just that nice clear blue that we're always just striving for, but uh, we don't always get that. Um, and I think we're talking about at some point, we're going to have like a episode on lake diving. Correct? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but um yeah, I think it's uh, bl the blue water. It's the type of place that I normally like to go to, but not always get to. Yeah, so blue water and green water, and then just like you know, the yellow snow. There's <laughs> brown water, which if, if you approach brown water, it's kind of like yellow snow. If you see yellow snow, it's not a lemon icy. It's a great, uh, great Frank Zappa song, right? Yeah. Don't eat the yellow snow. Uh, if, if you see brown water, it is not chocolate. Milk. Uh, let's just put it that way. Gross. All right, let's let's wrap up. You, I'll, I'll, here's my I'll, I'll close my here's my closer. 
on a close. Hold on, hold on. Let me get the box out. Okay, okay. yeah, so <laughs> my closer. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's my here's my clo- my my big finish here. So I really like, and I found it to be interesting as something that you don't learn. It isn't really written in any books, or it isn't an acronym or something. But you find this as you dive is the the hand signal, um, the shaka or or hang oh. loose. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting to me because, again, this is not documented in any scuba training. Very famous or for that sign. Any of that stuff. But what it is 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 really, if you don't know, you know, you you hold your hand in a loose kind of fist, and then you extend your pinky and your thumb in separate directions, and that becomes the shaka or, or the hang loose or those things. And the usage here is... You know, when you see something cool or something cool happens under the water or exciting or, or someone does something and they're happy about it, whatever those things might be, it's really insufficient um, to use common scuba hand signals at that point to go like, yeah, that was so awesome. It was okay. You know, like it just doesn't make any sense, right? And then any other like thumbs up, usually be like, that's great, thumbs up. Well, thumbs up means, hey, I'm let's thumb the dive. We're going to go up, right? So there isn't an appropriate way to, to show celebration. If you start like, you know, gyrating your body in, in celebration, all of a sudden people think you're out of air and they're rushing over and shoving regulators in your mouth. Are you okay? So what, what do you do? And so the shaka has become the, the slang hand signal under the water to say, that was cool or exciting or good job or those things. And I found that really interesting. So I dug into the history here. Um, so give me my box back. <laughs> and uh, and I was cause interested about it. So, um, you know, it's usually something that, that you use as a, a greeting or something, you know, on the surface at least. You kind of shoot it at somebody. You shoot the shaka or, uh, and you, you do it with your fist facing the recipient, the hand should face the recipient, right, of that. And the history of it really comes back, obviously, to Hawaii. There was a guy uh, named Hamana Kalili. And what happened was he lost three three of his fingers, you can guess which three, <laughs> um, in a sugar mill accident. And so they moved him off of kind of the work on that side, and they put Hamana in charge of guarding the sugar train going to Sugar Beach after he had his accident. So... There's some different debates about, you know, whether or not it was Hamana's all clear to the train. Hey, we're ready to go. And he would shoot the shotgun <laughs> as a wave and the train conductor would know we're ready to go. Or if it was kids that were trying to catch a ride to Sunset Beach to go surfing, that would use it as an all clear gesture to say Hamana wasn't looking or they could steal some of the so they could steal some sugar cane or ride to the beach. There's some debate uh, in Hawaiian history and lore about where that came from. But the shaka came from that, at least as a signal. The term shaka, most sources actually agree where that came from. And they say that the name shaka came from a popular TV advertisement in the 60s, around in the 60s, where this car salesman, uh, Lippi Espinata, um, used the sign, used Harmonica Lili's sign, along with the catchphrase, ready for this? Shaka, brother! Like for the price, <laughs> right? So then it spread around the locals who reproduced, you know, reproduced the gesture with lippy sentence and so on and so forth. So anyway, I found it really interesting, the history of the shaka, and it's not a soapbox. It's more, <laughs> you know, history, stuff you should know with the dive table. Um, so a funny story about the, the shaka. Um, if 
some of you know, some of you might not know, um, a symbol, if you're underwater and somebody sees a turtle, um, if you put one hand on top of another and then you have the thumb sticking out and you wave them around, that's the signal for a turtle underwater. And um, so I was underwater one time and, and usually if I were passing other divers, I kind of give the shock. I just like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Uh, hang 10, hang loose, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the, the dive guide was looking at me and he's he's like giving the what are you saying and then he starts pointing in a direction and i'm like what like i'm like what's over there and we both got very confused and when we came back up uh, they were on another boat uh we were talking and he's like oh i thought you were l looking for a turtle and that was the one-handed turtle <laughs> and i was like oh okay i guess i can see that but um yeah so so know your hand signals before it's, you it's funny about the hand signals like even motorcycles there's the harley hello yeah yeah right? is that like versus, the finger down yeah, finger, kind of two fingers right, down, yeah. yeah and, and Versus like if you ride a sport bike, um, yeah. you know, or otherwise known as a crotch rocket, <laughs> you, you give the little, you know, uh, piece to the right. Up the only one up. I ever see is that middle finger up coming up at me. It's like, yeah, what? That's because you drive too slow. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with us slow drivers. Oh. <laughs> All right, good. All right, well, that's, that's, <laughs> this was fun. Um, this is good. So. I, we'll definitely do more of these. We're both looking at our notes, going, "Oh man, there's but there's more. There's more. We'll we'll do we'll do another bottom of this. This is great." So today we focused on the topic scuba slang, and we've now recorded volume one. We want to hear from you. What slang terms do you use? Um, what's the funniest one you've heard? Um, what's maybe the one that threw you for a loop when you first got into scuba that you were like, "What is that person saying?" Or you know that you felt like an idiot, like I did when it was you know, the pool's open or whatever it might be. So uh, share with us uh, and reach out to us. If you enjoyed this and you want to be part of this growing community, join us. Please join us. Open an invitation. And you can do that in a few different ways. First, go to thedivetable.com. Um, that's kind of the central hub of how to get connected to us and to the show and to other fans of the show. And there you can do a number of things. You can subscribe to the mailing list. Make sure you do to get the latest news directly from us. You can leave us a rating. If your podcast um, provider does not allow you a chance to give ratings, you can do that right on our site. Um, you can also shoot us a voicemail on our website. And who knows, that voicemail might even show up here on a future edition of the show. And you can also say howdy to us, send us a message, share your thoughts, so on and so forth. Number two, subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you're listening right now, hit that subscribe button, and that way you get notified when new episodes drop. And then finally, it really helps us out if you can send this link, if you enjoyed the link, uh, send the link to the show, send the show to a dive buddy, your dive team, your last scuba instructor, or if you didn't like the show, send it to your ex-girlfriend, uh, whatever you like to do, but it really helps us out when you're out there sharing the word uh, and building the community on your own. Any uh, parting thoughts, Nick? Uh, no, but I feel like we should have mentioned dive table. <laughs> that could, for all you newer divers out there that don't know, but it's a podcast episode. show. That's it the is. best one in the world. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> Period. There is no other de definition. All right. But no, no, uh, that was a great episode. Good. Well, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to having you back on the next episode of the dive table.
The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.